God said it, that settles it uh, tonight. I'm saved. And uh, I bless the Lord this evening for the good singing, the good spirit of God. Well, I, love, I love it when God's people rejoice uh, in the goodness of God. You, ought, you and I ought not take that lightly. Uh, all across this world, all across this country, and churches across America, in and out, Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and people... Uh, people let their lives go by and never rejoice in the goodness of God. And I, I can't think of a service. I don't want God to ever take it away. can't think of a service uh, where God's people uh, aren't rejoicing around here. And it wasn't always that way, but I thank God for it. Where God said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. I got breath tonight. I'm glad I can praise the Lord. Amen. That's the old, that's the young, that's the middle age. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Somebody said, uh, get too young to even know what God's done for them. They don't have to know everything God's done for them. They just got to know God. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. I'm blessed. So that's how I feel about this whole matter. You start the, you better hit the ground running. There's enough devils and demons, even in the Baptist church, to knock the wind out of yourselves. Let them hit the ground running. Amen. And there'll be some devils come along, knock the wind out of their sails. They'll slow down somewhere along the line and, uh, and uh, let them hit the ground wide open. Amen. Let them run like they're running in a marathon. Hit the ground wide open. Going to charge hell with a water pistol. Somebody help me right there. Amen. I hit the ground running when God called me. And I've been running ever since. I may be slowing down just a little bit. Uh, but uh, I've been trying to run this race since God called me. That hernia slowed me down just a little bit. Got a hernia. When you're preaching so hard, you get a hernia while you're preaching. Uh, I, I, I dialed her back just a little bit. <coughs> and uh, But I hit the ground running when I got in this thing, and I believe that's the only way to get started. You get started crawling, and you're probably going to be you're probably going to be out of this thing. If you're halfway in when you get in, and you're trying to serve God in the ministry, there's too many devils for you to be halfway in. Just hit the ground. Just go crazy. Just, just go crazy. Scare the devil. Scare the Baptist. Help me right there. Scare the devil and the Baptist. I'm glad to be a Baptist, but I scare half of them. I ain't a Baptocostal. I'm a full-blown, full-fledged, Holy Ghost-filled Baptist preacher. Amen. But I scare them half to death. He's too loud. You should have come up where I come up with it. It said he's, he's gone liberal. He's too quiet nowadays where I come up. And uh, friend, when I come up, he was hacking it. You couldn't even hardly understand the preacher. He's just a slinging slobber and, and a ha. I didn't know what he was saying, but it sure sounded good. I'd shout him on. <laughs> oh, my. Boy, I bless the Lord. Ain't it good to be among God's people tonight? I thank God for the church. I thank God for the people of God. I thank God for you. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I, I'm excited about these days, what God's doing. Uh, Brother Tripp came over today and helped us solder some sound wires. They finally gave him a day off over at Vogel. And uh, I don't know if y'all feel like I do, but when folks go to our church and they're not able to be here for a little while, I miss them. Somebody say amen out there. Boy, it's a, it's a thrill to sit, get to be around the people. I, this is my family right here. He come over today, finally got a day off, come over today and help us solder them sound wires, got that ready. And uh, we're so excited. I said, let's just, 
pull this baby grand in here. I checked some of y'all. Don't don't tell your mom and daddy, but they may be here. I checked some of y'all's older kids. I miss Tanya. I just go ahead and tell you. I checked your boy and his buddy out of school today, and uh, they they their PE was uh, lifting a baby grand piano. <sighs> And uh, we got that set up on the platform. Praise God, looks good. And uh, and and we're, I'm excited. If that fire marshal will ever give us a go ahead, we're gonna we're gonna carry over thing, everything over there in about thirty. We're gonna run. Somebody, we're gonna get these pews one on one in one other. We're gonna run, put them over there, and uh, and uh, we get a couple of the shorter ones in the middle, just sticking on their head, and they can just they're gonna carry them over there. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have church in the sanctuary. Amen. And I'm glad God gave us a roof over our heads in here. But I'm looking forward to being over there. And it sure looks nice. And uh, I praise the Lord. All right. I'm going to be in the book of Amos. I'm going to hear pages turning for a long time, ain't I? The book of Amos. Some of y'all say, I didn't know that was in my Bible. Amos. It's over there in the it's over there in the index at the very end. It's where the maps are. I'm teasing. Don't turn there. It's in the Old Testament. Book of Daniel, Hosea, Joel, and Amos. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, and Obadiah. It's right over there, those forgotten uh portions of scripture. People, people, when they read the Old Testament, they'll usually read Genesis through about First or Second Samuel. And when David dies and goes off the scene, they, 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 they like hearing about the beginning, Genesis, God created, and they and they and they get over there in Deuteronomy. They'll skip that whole thing in Leviticus because there's too much law and begots. Y'all help me right there. Let's skip that. And then they'll get over there to Joshua. They like reading about Joshua taking Israel. They like exit Genesis, Exodus. We're going to skip Leviticus, and then we get over there to Joshua, uh, and they like reading about Joshua taking Israel across the, the, the Jordan River, and uh, going to read about them judges. They like the love story over there in Ruth. They like the, they like the mighty battles of David in, in First and Second Samuel, and then they kind of cut her off right there and go find Psalms and Proverbs, and then they're headed to the New Testament. Don't act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about tonight. Some of y'all have never even read a verse in the book of Amos. And you ought to do it. You ought to go read the book of Amos. Uh, just a few chapters in this book. And uh, I want to be in chapter number two tonight. Let's stand all over the building, if you will, with me as we read the word of God. Amos and the second chapter. Verse number four. The Bible said, Thus saith the Lord, For three transgressions of Judah, and for four... I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have despised the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments, and their lies caused them to err, after the which their fathers have walked. But I will send a fire upon Judah, and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord for three uh, transgressions of Israel, and for four I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they sold the righteous for silver, and the poor for a pair of shoes, that pan after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor, and turn aside the way of the meek, and a man and his father 
will go in unto the same maid to profane, profane my holy name. And they lay themselves down upon clothes laid to pledge by every altar and they drank the wine of the condemned in the house of their God. We'll stop reading there tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I ask you tonight, Holy Ghost, help us, Lord. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, that you would breathe on the preached word of God. I pray, God, that you'd feed our souls. Lord, fill us uh, in the inner man. God, feed us tonight. Help us, God, as we open the bread of life. May, may, the, uh, may these words, God, not fall on deaf ears, but, God, may they penetrate the soul, the heart tonight of everyone here. God, for the believer, for that child of God, Lord, uh, God, may we take this warning and heed to it, God. Uh, Lord, that there's some things that you take seriously uh, in our lives. God, tonight, for that one that's lost, may they heed this warning that, God, that just as much as you're a God of grace and mercy, Lord, you're a a God with a judgment side. God, that uh, you will deal with, uh, with our sin. God, you, 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 you judged it on Christ at Calvary. But Lord, if they reject the finished work of Calvary, Lord, they'll bear their sin themselves. And God, they'll die without Christ and go to hell. Lord, help us tonight. Help me. God, give me wisdom, unction, and power. And I'll love you and I'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I appreciate you standing with me as we read the Word of God. Now, I'm going to lay a brief background of the book of Amos. I'm going to give you some introduction to this prophecy uh, that is playing out or is being prophesied by the prophet, uh, this man Amos, God's man, as he preaches to the nations uh, abroad and the nation of Israel in this day. Uh, I'll give you... Uh, and you can go back and study it, but the, the wordage that we find in Amos chapter 2 when he deals with Judah and Jerusalem uh, uh, or Israel is the same way that he speaks to six other nations. In chapter 1 verse 3 he talks about Damascus. In uh, chapter 1 verse 6 he talks about Gaza. Chapter 1 verse 9, Tyrus. And one eleven Edom. And one thirteen Ammon. In two, chapter 2, verse 1, it talks about Moab. And uh, Amos uh, prophesies of coming judgment to these six neighboring countries. These are countries that border uh, Jerusalem or that border the nation of Israel uh, and Judah. And uh, these are countries that Jeremiah 12 uh, and verse 14 says, Thus saith the Lord against all my evil neighbors, that touched the inheritance of my people Israel, behold, I will pluck them out. And these are Jeremiah's evil neighbors. These are are the evil neighbors that Jeremiah spoke of uh, that have dealt treacherously with the nation of Israel. Now I want to say this to you tonight, that God is not slack concerning his promises. And uh, just because this world uh, in the day we live in hates God's people does not mean it's gone unnoticed 
and it does not mean God's forgot his people and it does not mean that there will not be a day that God does not deal with his people and the nations abroad because he will. Uh, listen, vengeance is mine, what the word of God said. I will repay, saith the Lord. And there's not a nation that turns away from God to sin and turns its back on the people of God that God will not see and hear and someday, may not be today, but he'll do something about it. The word of God said, uh, I'll bless those. When God was given that covenant, Abraham concerning the nation of Israel, he said, I'll bless those that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. And you know why tonight America uh, is been such a great supporter of the nation of Israel? Do you know why tonight that the church has been such a great supporter of the nation of Israel? It's not because Israel is saved. Because somebody said, well, is Israel going to heaven? Not if they don't get washed in the blood of the Lamb, they're not. The Word of God said that he came unto his own, talking about Israel, and his own received him not. Uh, he came to save the nation of Israel and they rejected him. They turned from him. And when he came into his own, his own received him not. He turned to the Gentiles and purchased himself a bride uh, made up of Gentiles uh, that came to Calvary like you and I and got born again. Aren't you glad tonight to be a part of the Gentile bride of Christ? And you've been saved. But let me say this tonight. Israel is still God's chosen people. And that's why when the bride is called out of here, uh, in the rapture of the church and that seven years of uh, tribulation. It's also known as the time of Jacob's trouble. It's gonna be when God deals primarily. He'll be judging the nations and he'll be dealing with Israel. And uh, you come to the end of that uh, and the nation of Israel will realize that Jesus was the Messiah. He is the Christ, not just was, but is. And they'll turn to him and they'll be saved uh, by the good grace of God. And I wanna say this to you tonight, that the blessing is still still there on those that bless God's people and the curse is still there on those that turn their back on Israel and there's politicians in Washington today that they would wipe Israel off the face of the map if they could there's leaders across this world they despise Israel but I want to say to you it's not going unnoticed and God will deal with those nations when he gets good and ready to he will this prophecy that goes out to these six other nations uh, uh, is in a time of prosperity. Uh, 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 the, the, the world is doing pretty good at this time. Things are going pretty well. People are getting by uh, pretty well at this point in time. And when this prophecy is prophesied against these six nations and then he goes on to deal with the two divided kingdoms of Israel, uh, the northern part of Israel and the southern part of Judah. Uh, but as he uh, is prophesying, uh, uh, Amos is prophesying, things are looking pretty good in the world. 50 years, 50 some odd years before the prophecy is fulfilled. I want to say something to you tonight. Just, just, I'm still in the introductory stage of this thought tonight. But I want to say something to you. Just because God don't deal with some things today don't mean he's not going to deal with them and don't mean he overlooked them. 
Just because today you, you decided I'm, I'm going to do things my own way and God didn't say nothing about it and God didn't do nothing about it, don't mean God's not going to chastise you if you're one of his. If you're saved tonight, God will deal with you uh, uh, as a child, as a son, or as a daughter. And just because the wicked get more wicked, just because they, uh, pr- they profane the name of God more, just because they curse the name of God more, just because they chastise the church more and it seems as if they get more prosperous in their wickedness does not mean that God has forgotten his church and it does not mean that God has forgotten the sin of the wicked nations and the people in the nations. I'm here to tell you it may take 50 years, it may take 100 years, but God will deal with what he said that he would. You mark that down. You mark it down in scripture. God don't do everything today but when God on his timetable gets ready. He will do exactly what he said he's going to do. I, I take great courage in that because somebody said, preacher, had been preaching for generations that Jesus is coming back and he ain't here yet. Do you believe he's really coming back? I'm here to tell you he said it. You can mark her down. You can take it to the bank. It's the truth. He said that he's coming back for the Lord himself. He's coming back. Shall descend from heaven and I'm glad, thank God, I'm listening for that trumpet to sound tonight because he said that's exactly what he's going to do. In the book of Amos, he deals with these six uh, evil neighboring countries, but then uh, he don't end with them. While he is dealing with them, he begins to deal with Judah and with Israel. And tonight, I, I, I want to look at this because there's some things, I'm not going to get in tonight with what he says about Israel, maybe next Wednesday night, but I want to deal with what he has to say about Judah. And don't forget that Judah and Israel uh, uh, were one kingdom until Solomon died and Jeroboam took over the northern part, the ten tribes of Israel, and, 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 and uh, Rehoboam took over the southern part of Judah, but they're all God's people. Uh, they're made up of the 12 tribes of, 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 of Israel. Uh, the 12 uh, uh, tribes uh, 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 of Israel make up this land. These are God's chosen people. And when God is dealing with these nations, uh, he does not end until he deals with his people. Can I say this to you tonight? Uh, I believe there's some warnings in here. I believe tonight that there are some things that we need to be mindful of because I don't want God to have to deal harshly with me even as a child of God. I don't want God to have to deal with my sin. I want to live the life of the Psalms one man. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly or standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper but the ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the, uh, in the congregation of the right nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish that's Psalms 1 I don't want to be that wicked man I don't want to be a carnal man I want to be a godly man uh, that is standing in righteousness uh, and is planted uh, is planted uh, in the peace and the goodness uh, and the righteousness of God Almighty I still believe tonight that the church ought to be holy 
I still believe not God's people ought to have a reputation of holiness and righteousness and character and good. I know that ain't preached much in this day. I know everybody, listen, I believe tonight we're sin abound, grace did much more abound. And I believe tonight there's grace. You come to God with your sin and God had more grace than you had sin. But thank God tonight when God saved you, Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. Just because there's grace tonight don't mean you and I ought to continue in sin. It don't mean God looks on sin and smiles. It don't mean God brushes it under the rug. It don't mean God forgets about it. If you're saved tonight, God will still deal with your sin. He will chastise you as his child because of sin. I'm still in the belief tonight of the word of God that God requires his preachers to be holy and clean and live righteous lives. I still believe now if you sing in the choir, you ought to live for God. You ought to be holy. You ought to live right. You ought to worry about your reputation. We live in a day and time people say, well, you know, I just ain't worried about what nobody thinks. I am my own person. I'm not worried about what nobody thinks. Well, that's half good and half bad. You say, how's it half good? It's it's half good if you're talking about serving the Lord. And I don't care if anybody likes or not, I'm going to serve God. If my family hates that, I'll serve Him anyhow. Hey, thank God for it. But I want to say to you, if you're talking about sin, you ought to care what people think about your life. These things Paul had liberty to do. He said, I ain't going to do them if it be a stumbling block to my brother. You, you Listen, I believe tonight we're living in a day of rebellion where people of God, folks that claim to be saved have no concern and they have little care for their reputation, for their character, for their conviction and for what somebody thinks about them. I, I don't care. I don't care tonight if, if somebody, if, if the community loves our church. I, I'd like for all of them to come and get saved and get full of God. But if the lost world can't look at our church and say, hey, I love that church, that's one thing. But tonight if they can't look at our church and say, I'm not like them, but they sure are different, that's another thing. You ought to be different. I ought to be different. Our lives ought to exemplify the righteousness of Christ. And it's not our righteousness. Our righteousness is his filthy rags. But it's his righteousness imputed to us that causes... Listen, I'm worried about my testimony tonight. I'm worried tonight about... Or I'm not worried, maybe not be the right word, but I'm concerned about my testimony. I'm concerned about what folks think about me. There are things that I do tonight that may not even be wrong in their selves to do that but I won't do it because I don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody and to ruin my testimony in somebody's life. I believe you ought to be concerned. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you ought to be concerned. If you sing in the church, you ought to be concerned. If, 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 if you're a member of the church, you ought to be concerned. Uh, if you go here and folks know you go here, you ought to be concerned tonight uh, about what people think about your testimony. Uh, that they know that you don't have to tell them, I'm a Christian, but that they know it by the fruit in your life that you live for God. You don't talk like them. You don't act like them. And I'm not talking about walking around with your nose in the air saying, I'm better than you. I've seen folks like that and they're no better than a sinner. Somebody help me right there. I'm not talking about a Pharisee that thinks that their works uh, is pleasing to God. I'm talking about somebody that's full of God. They've been born again uh, and they want to do right to please God. They want to do right because they love Jesus and they want to do right because they want the kind of testimony that is pleasing unto God and that causes sinners to get under conviction. 
We've thrown out righteousness with the wash. We've thrown, we've thrown out holiness. We've thrown out conviction. We've thrown out. And listen, I, I believe tonight we live in a day and time, and I'm going to get to my text here in a moment, but I believe we live in a day and time where you can come to church and you can be a part of the church and nobody asks you any questions about how you live. Nobody asks you any questions about, uh, 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 about how, uh, how you dress and how you act and how, how you operate. And I want to say something to you tonight. I, I, I don't want nobody to think your preacher's a legalist. You've been around me long enough to know that I'm not, but hear what I'm saying. These things do matter in your Christian walk. Yes, you see, the outside is a visual to the world of what's on the inside. And every time I find somebody, and I'll just go ahead and throw this out there to you tonight. I don't mean this arrogant or rude. And I'd love to help some of you if you listen to me. And some of you may not, but some of you will. Uh, every time, uh, every time uh, you find somebody, uh, uh, in, you remember Simon Peter when Jesus uh, uh, ascended back to the throne, and 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 Simon Peter got all discouraged. And he said, "I go a fishing." And Simon Peter went fishing and that night he got naked and was fishing out there, didn't have no clothes on. And what did he do when Jesus showed up? He jumped off the boat in the water and tried to hide his nakedness from Jesus. I'm telling you tonight, I don't believe the church is no place for nakedness. I don't believe there's no place for nakedness in the Christian's life uh, publicly. Somebody help me right there. I mean, I, and I, I, boy, I've been, I mean, I've been despised because of preaching like that. But I believe tonight that a man ought to put clothes on. I believe tonight that a woman ought to put clothes on. Help me right there. I, I believe that this evening. I believe it's taught in Scripture. I believe this evening that our minds ought not be infiltrated with wickedness and carnality. I believe this evening that there ought to be some things we guard our hearts from, we guard our minds from, we guard our children from. I don't believe they ought to be turned loose to everything under the sun. I, I, you call me old-fashioned if you want to but this evening, but I believe it's God's people that we ought to be concerned about the way we live our lives. Israel had come to the point they was no longer concerned. God told them, come up from among them and be ye separate. God told them, I've, uh, you're a peculiar people. You're different than the world. I've chose you. I've called you unto myself. And they had forgotten that choosing. They had forgotten that calling. They had forgotten the goodness of God. They had forgotten what God had done for them in bringing them out of Egypt and through the Red Sea and through the Jordan River. And they had, thought, had forgotten about how they lived in the promised land and had forgotten about all these things that God had done and given and how good God had been until the place that they become, that they become numb to the goodness of God and they thought that it would always be that way. And God, as He judges the six neighboring evil towns, comes to Judah's door and comes to Israel's door and says, Oh, by the way, I've got some things to say to you as well. I find over in the book of Revelation, God talking to the churches. And He had some good things to say, but He also called out some things. To all of them but one. He said, I've got somewhat against you. You've left your first love, is what he told the church of Ephesus. I've got somewhat against you. 
and, 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 and begin to call out their sin. Listen, don't get mad at God tonight when he begins to call out your sin. It's because he wants you to live for him. It's because he wants you to be holy. It's because he wants to clean up your life. It's because he wants you to care tonight. It's because he's made you a peculiar person in Christ. It's because you're not in the world and you're not of the world. And you may have to live here, but you don't have to live like them. You don't have to look like them. You don't have to act like them. Honey, God has made you different through the Lord Jesus. That's right. Everybody has different opinions. I'm not necessarily worried about your opinion or my opinion, but I am worried about the Bible tonight. And Amos outlined three things in Judah. I'm going to deal with Judah first tonight, and maybe next Wednesday night I'll deal with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Israel. Remember, Judah is that southern part made up of the tribe of of Benjamin and Judah and part of Levi. It's that southern part of Israel. And notice what the Word of God said. He said, For three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. Because, number one, they have despised the law of the Lord. They have despised the law of the Lord. You know what Israel was guilty of? You know what Judah was guilty of? Rejection of God's law. Rejection. The Word of God said that they have despised the law of the Lord. Do you know what that word despise means? I did a word study today and Noah Webster 1828 uh, dictionary. This is what the word despise means. It means to have the lowest opinion of. <clears throat> to despise means to have a low and a lo- the lowest opinion of. And God said, you've despised the law of the Lord. You have had a, a low opinion of my law. What's he saying, preacher? That word I gave you, <coughs> that law I gave you, you know what the law is tonight? It's the truth. It's truth. Somebody say, man, it's true. the word of God. Aren't you glad you got truth tonight? Aren't you glad you got a King James Bible that's true tonight? I'm going to run that by you again because it's awful quiet in here. Aren't you glad you have truth tonight? But, but Amos comes to, to, to Judah on, 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 on a mission from God. He's God's preacher. He's God's prophet. And he says, God's got something against you, Judah. And here's what it is. You have despised the law of the Lord. You have absolutely held it to such a low regard and degree that you have rejected holiness and truth from God's law. They were guilty of rejecting, despising, hold, holding in low regard and low esteem. Uh, they, they had once, uh, they had once held it highly. They had once cherished it. They had once uh, tried to keep it. They had once, uh, uh, they had once said, this is God's law. This is how we live by. And we strive to keep this. And, and they had once uh, loved the, uh, the law of God. But tonight they had come to the place uh, where they no longer, uh, they they no longer received it, but rather they rejected God's holy word. I'm not here tonight to blast out every other church in America. I may do that from time to time. False churches, so-called churches, everything with steeple on it's not a church. And I'll say this in passing, but I'm going to get back to you and me tonight. We're living in a day and time when most churches have thrown the Word of God out so far that they, 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 they've got a show, they've got a performance, they've got an entertainment. They've got a ritual that some man came up with and you can't find it in the Bible. 
Listen, if 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 part of what we uh, if part if 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 our if our rituals. And I know there are some traditions tonight that that are passed down, uh, and 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 we 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 there's some things that we've got in the habit of doing around here. An order we have an order. Maybe that's the way I should should say it. We don't always go by that order, but there is an order. I I've preached before. We don't have no order around here, and that's half true. But the other side of that is, is we have an order around here. We're going to sing a few songs, and we're going to and we're going to pray, and we're going to uh, when we over there, we're going to have the choir sing a few songs. We're going to take up an offering at some point. Another in the service, I'm going to preach unless God changes the order, and it's all up to Him to change. But I know there's traditions and orders, but I'm talking about tonight uh, that they have thrown out the Word of God, uh, they have tossed it aside, uh, and they have rituals, they have nothing but tradition, uh, and they have absolutely no Bible preaching and teaching. And that's the world's church for the most part, but let's talk about us tonight. Over here at Crossroads Baptist Church, where I go and where you go. I, I, I dare say tonight, I, I don't know your home and I don't know your heart. And boy, I, I want to be careful how I say this this evening because I don't live where you live and I don't see. There may be some folks in here tonight that you make a major practice of studying and reading and learning and understanding Scripture. But it's a good chance tonight there's folks in here that you've rejected the Word of God. The preacher preaches and you say, well, I ain't going to have none of that. I don't care what he says. He's just a man. Hey, that may be so tonight, but I'm God's man with God's Word. And and if the preacher preaches the word of God, we ought to take it and apply it to our lives. And there may be something here tonight. You say, I don't care what the preacher says. I don't care what the Bible says. And you might not let those words come out of your mouth because you've got more sense than to actually say that. Even though I have had people tell me that before. I don't care what. I had a man tell me in this church one time a long time ago. He don't go no more. But he said, he didn't go no more after that. But he said, about two Sundays after that, he's gone. But he said, I don't care what the Bible says. That's what he told me. Boy, I mean, tell you, I got scared when he said it. But most of you wouldn't have that. You, you got way too much more sense to say that tonight. But I want to say this to you. How many of us live like that? How many of you in here tonight live like you don't care what the Bible says? There may be some young folks in here. There may be some grown folks in here tonight. You've heard preaching. You've heard Bible teaching. You've heard, you've heard the Holy Ghost deal with your heart from the Word of God. And yet you choose to go on rejecting the, the teaching and the practices and the principles of the Word of God. I'm here to tell you tonight that God don't smile on that and you may be saved, you may be washed in the blood, you may be going to heaven, but that never turns out well in our lives when we begin to reject Scripture. Never turns out well. There's folks tonight used to be in y'all's youth group and they're not anymore and I think some of them say but they've rejected Scripture. These folks in here tonight used to be a part of our church and they're not anymore and maybe they really did get saved. Some of them I think that they did and some of them maybe they didn't. There's a lot of folks that didn't really get saved but, but, but there's some that I believe they got saved but they, they rejected Scripture and somewhere along the line tonight in my life and your life God's going to come by just as He did. I believe this. I believe I know this was to Israel and Judah. I understand that tonight. I know this ain't to the New Testament church but this Bible uh, is given uh, uh, by inspiration 
inspiration and it's for instruction uh, tonight. And, and, and all scripture uh, uh, is given by inspiration is, and, and it's for instruction in our life that we, that we might be what God wants us to be. And I believe this evening we're on dangerous ground when you and I go to rejecting the truth of scripture. Well, it don't matter. I got by with it. This thing ain't over yet. There's things tonight, it may take 20 years, but God will make you get it right if you're one of His. There's things tonight, it may take two years, but God will make you get it right if you're one of His. There's things tonight, hear what I'm saying this evening. There's things, and there's things we'll lose along the way while running from God and, and running from doing right. Hey, thank God tonight, this wasn't the last story of Israel. Thank God tonight, this wasn't, where, this wasn't the closing day of the nation of Israel. Thank God tonight, God was still long-suffering and dealing with them, but they had to live through some judgment. They had to live through some days that was brought on by their own making when they began to reject truth. Notice the next thing that it outlines for us tonight. I will not turn away punishment thereof because they have despised the law of the Lord and notice and have not kept His commandments. Preacher, isn't that the same as despising? Well, that word despise means to have the lowest opinion of. It's the same Proverbs, uh, was it Proverbs chapter 1? I think maybe it's the same kind of word for Pro- when Proverbs said fools despise wisdom and instruction. They have a low regard for wisdom and, instru- and instruction. It, tonight, if you ever run into somebody that can't be taught anything, they, 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 they don't want wisdom, you try to give them wisdom and instruction, they don't want it, it's because they're a fool, according to Scripture. A fool, fool despises wisdom and instruction. I don't want to be a fool tonight. But not only, not only were they guilty of rejection, but then they became guilty of rebellion. They have despised the law of the Lord and have not kept His commandments. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. I have kept your word. I have hid your word in my heart. That word keep means to retain, to hold on to, to grab a hold of. Listen, it's not a sinless perfection. God knew Israel. God knew, you know why the purpose of the law was throughout the nation of Israel? God, for, for all those years of it, 4,000 years, God dealing with the some 4,000 years God dealing with the nation of Israel and God was dealing with them with the law just to let mankind know when we get to Calvary that for all those thousands of years man could not keep the law never, never had been a man that could keep the law never had been a woman that could keep the law that this was not keeping their, the law was not a sinless perfection it was a holding on to it it was a retaining it was a striving towards it it was a it, are you hearing what I'm saying it wasn't a sinless perfection because if that were the case none of us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God there's none righteous no not one there's none that sinneth not there's none that doeth good and sinneth not listen to me we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God none of us have been able to keep the law entirely but that keeping of the law that keeping of his commandments was that they had once where they, they were to hold on to it they were to retain it they were to hold it in high regard but when they began began to despise the law of God, then they began and they rejected truth, then they began to rebel because they had lo- they had lowered they had lowered their esteem of scripture. 
And you find somebody tonight that lowers their esteem of their esteem of scripture, and they'll raise their level of rebellion in their life. They'd become rebellious. They weren't keeping, they weren't holding on to, they weren't striving to the Word of God anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know what will happen in your life when you lower your opinion and your desire for the Word of God? You'll increase your level of rebellion from righteousness because you're not keeping, you're not holding, you're not high. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119. I believe tonight we're living in a day of such rebellion because the word of God has been lowered to such a low place, even in the churches today. There's a time in our nation when decisions were based on the Word of God. Where where do you reckon the law of the land comes from? I mean, where do you think the law of the land comes from? The Word of God. How did our leaders know thou shalt not kill? Who determined that that was wrong? You take by, somebody says, oh, well, we got a conscience. What, what, what do you think feeds your conscience? Right. Truth. And the truth is from the Word of God. Right, right. We've lowered. You know why it's all right for them to commit abortions left and right across this nation? You know why that's all right? <clears throat> it's because they have lowered, they have lowered the standard. They have lowered the expectation. They have lowered the, their esteem for truth and righteousness uh, in the Word of God. You, you can't, listen to me, I'm glad God can save anybody and I'm glad God can take somebody that has participated in a sin like that and God can change their life and God can forgive them. But forgiveness does not change the fact that it was wrong just like my sin is wrong. Listen, are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? I'm glad God can forgive me of my sin and you of your sin, but it don't change the fact of sin. Right. Have you ever, I, I, let's just talk here real candid, real honest tonight. Have you ever seen it this bad? No, you have not. I mean, well, we're, we're we're talking about the. Let me let me let me find a way to say this for the sake of the children in here tonight. The offensive, predatorial crimes of our day. Offensive, y'all know what I'm talking about. I, we got we got holy kids around here tonight, and they don't hear much about about, about sin and, and and perversion and those kinds of things. And 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 and, and so I don't want to I don't want to put questions in their minds. So, but I've talked to the adults for a second tonight. Have you ever? And I'm not afraid to call out sin. I'm not afraid. That's that's, that's not a that's not a fear of calling out sin. I'm gonna tell you something tonight. The perverts of our hour, the the wickedness, the the hell of our hour. It is wicked. And you say, preacher, can God save? Uh, God can save a sinner that'll come to, if they'll come to Him. But they're gonna leave their sin behind when they do. You help me right there. If they get saved, they'll leave their sin behind when they get saved. There'll be a repentance. A change of heart, a change of course, a change of mind. When a soul gets saved. But you wonder why it is as bad as it is today? I tell you why. It's because the Word of God has been trampled underfoot. 
by the leaders and the world. Folks used to have a high regard for the church house, even lost people. Do you know? Did you know? They, they, let's just, just we're still talking honest tonight. Did you know lost people? There used to be a time, not every one of them, but there used to be a time when lost people lived more holy uh, than, than 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 saved people of, of our generation lives today. When lost people had more regard for the house of God. When lost people had more regard for for scripture. When lost people had, had more respect for the preacher and, and, and the church members, and, and you used to could go down to the bank and you could go into the bank to borrow money on, on, your, on your church membership. You could walk into the bank and say, I'm a member of such and such church. And if that, that church would have such a good standing in that community, and they know just because of your affiliation and your membership to that local church uh, that you had credit enough uh, and that you'd pay your bills, uh, and there was such a testimony at the church. And with the people in the church. Honey, I'm going to tell you tonight, if I was a banker and somebody said, well, I go to such and such church, I'd laugh like they do now too. Because it don't mean a thing to most people. It ought to, but it don't. They begin to rebel. I, I'm almost done preaching tonight. I know I've been preaching for a little while. They begin to rebel. I want you to take that as a warning tonight. Don't you let the Word of God said that rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Don't you let that rebellion. Oh, I want to do things my way. I'm tired of that preacher. I'm tired of that Bible. I'm tired of that church. Why has our church got to be different? Why, why, why do we have to live, try to live holy? Why does our preacher and none of the other preachers do? Honey, I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. I don't care what the rest of the world's churches are doing. I'm glad, thank God, you ought to get some conviction from the Word of God yourself and hold on tightly to them and don't let go till Jesus comes back. Some people do things they do out of ignorance. I believe tonight that that even is more acceptable than people that know to do right and do wrong out of rebellion. They know what they're supposed to do. They know what the Bible teaches. But they have made excuse for their life. And they are living, rejecting what the Bible... I don't... Listen to me tonight. I don't care how much you read your Bible. I don't care how much you sit in front of it. I don't care how many of them you have on your nightstand or how many of them you have in your living room or how many of them you have on your kitchen counter tonight. You may have a pile of them in your office somewhere. You may have them stacked up and you may have, you may have, I don't care how many times you read it this evening. If you're not applying the Word of God, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're not applying the Word of God and God is speaking to your heart through that Bible, if you're not applying that word to your heart you are rejecting the truth of scripture and it will lead to a rebellion in your heart you can have 20, 30 Bibles in your house if you ain't reading them and applying them what good is it going to do rebellion and then lastly tonight I want to give you this one, and I won't preach it, and I'll just make mention of it quickly. Because <clears throat> they have despised the law of the Lord, and have not kept His commandments, and their lies caused them to err, after the which their fathers have walked. Started out, there was a rejection. That rejection turned to rebellion. Rebellion. 
And the rebellion turned to a replacement. Read the text with me again tonight. And their lies caused them to err after the which their fathers have walked. <clears throat> their lies. What, 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 what is he talking about? All right, they begin to reject truth. <clears throat> and as they reject truth, they begin to turn from it into rebellion. And they had to replace it with something. And it was lies. Sounds to me like Romans 1. They changed the truth of God, Romans 1, 25, I think. They changed the truth of God into a lie. They replaced truth for a lie. They started doing stuff that was against truth because they had rejected it and they had rebelled against it and they replaced it. And the people coming up in that day were living under a lie in a replacement of truth. And some of them, that's the only thing they were ever, ever had knowledge of. The truth had done been thrown out the window was a lie. You know why this generation tonight is so accepting of social sin like they are? They have been raised to be accepting of sin. It was, it was, truth was rejected and rebelled against. What do you think the 60s were? What, I mean, what do you think it was? Was it really just a good time where people were just trying to find peace and, and, and just having a good time? It was rebellion. The boys and the girls all left home, left mom and daddy. The girls all put on mini skirts. The boys all put on, all put on dresses pretty much. The role change. The boys grew all their hair out like girls. They all doped their minds they rejected truth. And, and didn't they call the World War II the, 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 generation, the greatest generation? And after that, there was a rejection of truth. We don't want that. We don't want that. We're going to do it our way. Peace, love, and happiness. We're going to do it our way. They rejected truth. And we, we look back to now and people look back back then and talk about the good old days. It was a rejection of truth and it was a, that led to a rebellion but now we're living in the replacement where there is no truth. Anybody knows of anything now? Truth is what you think about it. Truth is what you made up in your mind. They kicked Jesus and God and the Holy Ghost out of the schools. They kicked Him out of the courthouse. They kicked Him out of the public places. They kicked Him out of the church even. Somebody help me right there. They kicked Him out of every place where truth was supposed to be. And they, and they rebelled against it and they went after the gods of this world and they went after sin. And this generation is growing up in a lie. And its leaders and its singers, they say, I was born this way. And they say, you only live once. 
and they say live life to its fullest and what they mean by that is do what you want when you want how you want with who you want however you want but I'm here to tell you tonight God be not deceived God is not mocked what sort of man soweth that shall he also reap and there is a day when you will answer to God listen to me young person listen to me to grow up tonight there is a day where you will answer to God and I don't want to be a fool I don't want to live my life despising truth but as from Joshua said in Joshua 24 15 as for me and my house we will serve the Lord choose you this day he said whom you will serve but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord I don't want to reject it because I don't want myself and my family to rebel from it and I don't want somebody to come along behind me and replace it with a lie the lie. And he said the lie of their fathers. Fathers. You, you ever thought about this? I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Now we'll quote that scripture and say, boy, God said, I'll never be forsaken and I'll never beg bread. God never said that. God said, I never, he said, I've never seen the righteous. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You know what that is? That's God saying, you live, you live righteous. You give your life to me. You live by faith. And I'll take care of your seed that comes on behind you. But you know, the other side, you go into rebellion. You go into rejection. You, you go into replacement. And that seed will come up behind you. And they may not, you may have got in enough to get a little bit of grace and get under grace and get saved, but they may not ever have that opportunity. You may have been around long enough and you got truth and you had enough truth that you got under conviction and you got saved. But I wonder how many, boy, I've watched them leave out of here and they had young children and they leave out of here because they love their sin more than they love the Savior. And they wanted to live their life the way they wanted to more than they wanted to serve God. And they might have got saved tonight, but they're replacing truth with a lie for their kids. And their kids are coming up under a lie. They're coming up being deceived. And they're going to go to hell being deceived. Hey, you and I ought to take it as a warning. Don't you go to rejecting and rebelling and replacing truth. I want you to come to the piano tonight. God put it in my heart. I wasn't even studying the book of Amos. And I, uh, you may think preacher's off his rocker. But today, and it ain't always this way like this. It's usually what I'm reading, what I'm studying. But today, the Holy Ghost in my heart said, Go read Amos. I said, Yes, Lord. And right away in chapter 1, I knew what I'd be preaching. I knew when it talked about them judgments. By the time I got to chapter 2, I knew exactly God wanted me to preach. I'm not a sensationalist. But I'm a Christian and I believe God speaks to our hearts. God put me in Amos for a reason. Don't reject it. The truth. Don't turn away from it. Don't rebel against it. Hold it dear. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Psalms 119, thy word have I hid in my heart. That I might not sin against God. Psalm 119.9 What does it say? Wherefore are... Uh, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto? 
according to thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Hold tight, hold true to the Word of God. Don't reject it. Don't rebel from it. Hide it in your heart that you might not sin against God. And don't replace it. You'll have to replace it with something to fill that, to try to fill that void. Let's stand tonight. Maybe. Maybe God gave you a warning you needed to hear and you need to heed to it. Maybe, maybe, maybe you wasn't aware, maybe you're still not aware that there's a rejection in your life. But tonight you're just scared of it ever being there. And so you're going to ask God, Lord, don't let Lord let me see it. Let me realize it if there's a day when I'm rejecting truth. There's a day I begin to rebel from it. Maybe tonight God shows you something in your life that you need to deal with. You say, preacher, I, I don't want to deal with it. You don't want to not deal with it. Yeah. Preacher, it'll be painful to deal with it. It'll be more painful to not deal with it. Why don't you just establish some things tonight? Why don't you just establish some things tonight? We're going to live for God where I live. I've decided to follow Jesus. I've, I've decided to live for God. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. She's going to play and sing tonight. Let's find somewhere to pray.